there was something very special about that young man. Everyone, even John the baptizer, could see it. Those by the river that day were so impressed with what they had seen and heard, they told the story to all their friends and neighbors. They remembered how he had arrived alone and stood patiently waiting in line for his turn to enter the water. But when that turn came, something unexpected happened. John had baptized beggars and thieves, the rich, and even politicians. But at first, he declined to baptize this man. John had never refused to baptize anyone before, and all who could hear were more than just a little surprised. But this young man insisted, and so John relented and performed the ritual of immersion. But what happened as Jesus came up out of the water caused wonder and confusion among all those present that day. Many said they saw a pure white dove descending from heaven to Jesus. Others said they were sure that they had heard a voice proclaiming, You are my son, the beloved. With you, I am well pleased. People had questions, but Jesus did not hang around for conversation. He left quickly and gave no one any opportunity to follow him. His task was not completed at the river. It was just the beginning. The work would not be finished until several years later when he died nailed to that wooden cross. But that day when Jesus was baptized, it was not because the Son of God had any need for the ritual. He went to the river that day so that he might identify himself with us, in particular with our sins and our need for repentance. By identifying with us, he could then fully understand our human need to repent and live out the lives that God would choose for us. In a way, when, when Jesus was baptized in the river, we were all there with him. As he went out into that wilderness, we were there. When he died upon the cross, a part of all of us died with him. You see, he identified with us so that we might identify with him. His life became ours, and our lives became his. His identity with us takes him into the lives of all people everywhere. He has touched the most vulnerable, healed those with so much pain, there was no hope for their recovery. Then 
One day, it took him to the cross and the ultimate sacrifice. And in his dying, his mission became ours. Just as he could not stay by the riverside relaxing and enjoying the moments of his baptism, likewise, we should not be overly comfortable in our lives. This Lenten season is supposed to be a little uncomfortable. We are asked to take on, to give up, to discipline ourselves. Our lives are to be changed. Our routines are disrupted by the gentle demands of this season. As if saying, don't get too comfortable, not where you are, because the journey is far, far from over. Did you ever stop to wonder why we are asked to change how we live for these 40 days? Well, in a sermon, the Reverend David Kluterman wrote a few years back. In it, he said, simply because we are called to be pilgrims and not settlers. We are called to see this life, this time, this place as something that we are passing through toward the home God has prepared for us. The disciplines of Lent are to remind us how easily we become attached to this place, this life, this time. And all, all that attachment, we lose sight of the home that is waiting for us. And speaking of Lenten disciplines, they need not all be sacrifices. How many times, for example, have you been asked what you're giving up for Lent? How many times have you heard someone respond to that question by saying, they're going without chocolate or alcohol? Years ago, I, I heard a priest ask that question to a very small boy who responded that he was going to give up his comic books. Well, I'm sure that these can all be valid disciplines, but how about rather than giving something up, how about if we take on something new? During this Lenten season, what if we were to work toward fostering a deeper spiritual connection to Christ by following in his footsteps? What if you saw a stranger in church and you went out of your way to welcome them, offered to help them with the bulletin, and invited them to the coffee hour downstairs after the service? Church volunteers are always needed as ushers and to help with that coffee hour. Our lay Eucharistic ministers deliver communion to the sick and those in hospitals and nursing homes. 
Perhaps you have the time for some ministry outside the church. The Jubilee Center right next door comes to mind, but many local organizations have need for those willing to donate their time and efforts. The United Way, Northern Illinois Food Bank, and our local hospitals are often in need of volunteers. But if you don't feel called to a new experience in volunteering, then consider enriching your spirituality by reading some related materials. Booklets by C.S. Lewis and poetry by Mary Oliver are available here at the church. Our Lenten studies begin this next coming Wednesday here at the church at noon by walking the Stations of the Cross. This then is followed by a simple, simple soup luncheon and a study program downstairs. If you have the time, all are welcome to join. If you prefer to study on your own, well, there's numerous sources of reflections and examinations of spirituality that are available. For the next, for the next several weeks, we walk with Christ as he makes his way to that cross on Golgotha. A willing sacrifice taking our sins upon himself so that we might have eternal life in God's kingdom. During this Lenten season, let us make some genuine preparations as we travel forward to meet him at that cross.